0: a little more, you know what I mean? Like, I was taking some of you back, and I was taking me back, and each week I am showing my age, so, um, anyway, um, what have you done for me lately? Okay, now, we're going to have a little fun at the beginning, because it's going to get hard in the end, is that okay? Sure. So we're having fun now, and I don't know if you remember that song, but what have you done for me lately? And guess what? We have all uttered those words, right? About somebody, or something, or somebody you really love, we forget what they did, and we jump onto what they haven't done. Okay? And guess what? I'm going to mess you all up because it's not about what someone does for you. It's not about what they did yesterday or today. And sometimes, let's just be honest, we get a little rough on the church. Why? Because the church wasn't there for me today. But oftentimes, at some point, if you think back, the church was there at some point. You all still with me? You just checked it out. It's okay. Uh, But uh, we're going to move on. But... um, I'm mean, going to a little shout out to Janet Jackson, one of my one of my girls. So anyway, uh, Whitney Houston, though, and number one. So I'm sorry. Like, she is it. And she will always know. You're always it. So, uh, but... Uh, Musically speaking, but we're going to be in Matthew chapter 16. We're going to go back to that statement, so hold on to those words, that song. Uh, I hope you can just have a little fun today. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24, all the way through to verses 28. And um, if you have your Bibles or if they're on your phone or whatever, make sure and uh, grab those and stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word. These are hard scriptures. In fact, what I'm learning as I get older, I I think to myself, it's going to get easier. And uh, it's going to get easier to give up and go forward. And yet, as I grow closer, it just feels like the more he says, the more he speaks, the more he calls, the more he changes. And so today, um, I hope that you know that my heart is with you, but it gets harder. Jesus said these words, and you're going to notice at the end, how they match with the scriptures that we've been going through. And those are scriptures where Jesus uses the words truly. And we understand that when Jesus used those words, he was honing in. He, he was taking his focus and centering in on those that were around him. And he began to speak directly to them. And again, in this scripture, you're going to find that. That Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it confusing scripture for what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and profits his soul and forfeits his soul or what shall man give in return for his soul for the son of man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his father And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Now here are the key words. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. God, today, if you would, just center our hearts. God, right now, take the distractions away. We bind them in the name of Jesus today. We just pray that your presence would move this place. That you would speak to us. That you would transform us. God, we pray these prayers every week. But today, Lord, we ask that you would help us to understand this scripture in a new way. And not only in a new way, but in a way that really impacts our walk, our words, our ways. And so we trust you in this time. We love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I want you to think about this, because this scripture is kind of counter, um, let's say, counter-world or counter-productive. Basically, we have gotten these scriptures confused. And and I'm going to tell you how in the next couple of slides, and then we're going to get into the points. But I want you to think about this. We live in a world of, what have you done for me lately? Uh, Let's just be honest, okay? We're human, right? And we can be a little, and I don't know if y'all know this word, but fickle. What does fickle mean? Kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? Like, one day you're this, one day you're that. The next day you're good, the next day you're not. I mean, we're a pretty, like, fickle society. We just kind of go back and forth, whatever fits for the day. And uh, that's the, the kind of word that, that Jesus is giving us here. Okay, he's challenging us to come out of that kind of thinking. He's challenging us to, to kind of change our minds and not think about what others do for us, but to think about what it is that we do to really experience Jesus' ways for our lives. And so here, um, it's a challenge. What does it mean? And these are just setups. What does it mean to truly deny oneself? Like really deny oneself? Okay, it is hard. And and I'm just being honest with you. It is hard to deny sugar. Okay, let's just say amen. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. It's sitting over there. There's like gluten-free donuts. I convinced myself that like, Munt fruit sugar is better than, but it just all, it still goes to the same place, right? And so it is just hard, okay, to deny ourselves. And church, the problem right now, and church around the world, in every church that's gathered today, and every pastor that stood before the churches, is that to truly experience a life full of the Spirit, people, we have to deny ourselves. And I'm just going to be real with you sitting here. In America, it's especially hard us to deny ourselves because we've, we've been taught stand up pull your britches up go to work do it you can do it I believe in all that I believe in working hard I believe in that stuff I think it's important to do all that but well, we've kind of taken it further we've said if your truth is different than the words truth and that's your truth if your existence is different than and the then we just continue to take steps in a direction that bring us away from the purposes and plan of God for each and every one of us but see, it takes something that the world says we shouldn't do to do that. And so, the problem, I'm just going to say, in the church today, is that we're not willing to go the distance. We get to these scriptures, and, and I'll just challenge you with this. We're going to talk a little bit about Paul at the end too, but take away all the other people in the Bible. And look at just the red letters. And here today, we're looking at the red letters which are words that came directly from anyway, Jesus' mouth, right? And so the problem with stopping at this scripture and saying, I just can't take that step, is that you'll never really be in line with the steps that Jesus has for you. No matter your age, no matter your background, no matter who you are. And so in this series, we are challenging you to go all the way. Alright, so let's, let's figure out what this scripture isn't. Now let's just be honest, we don't necessarily like to lose things, right? Except weight. And so we like to lose weight, we like to lose, you know, certain things, right? We like to lose debt, those types of things we like to get rid of. But here, in this scripture, I want you to understand what it is. isn't, In order to understand what it is. And this has been really challenging in my mind, because I think we as people, and our coping skills, and coping mechanisms, and the things that we, Taught. we've kind of taken this, and here's the deal, most of us, and I want you to hear this, most of us, oh, uh, y'all are supposed to remind me of this, if I say number one and it's not up there, you're pretty sure it's not, memorable. you know what I mean, see the number? <laughs> okay, so if I say number two next, just have me skip forward. And here's what I want you to know. This is something that no matter whether you're from a Wesleyan background or a Calvinist background or maybe Catholicism or something like that, here is a commonality that we get confused, and that all of our theologians say we get it confused. We often say to ourselves, Well, I'm bearing that cross, or that's my cross to bear. But what does that mean? It means that at some point in our life, we made a decision, okay, and that decision produced some outcomes. And, and we say to people, well, that's just my cross to bear. I mean, he's just like that. She's just like that. This is just what I've been given. I'm, I'm going to bear it. That is not. And, and before I say this, I think we've all done it, right? We've said that's my cross to bear. That's my lot in life. I've been given that. That has nothing to do with this scripture. We like to make it about that. You know why? Because we want to feel good about bearing the cross that we feel we've been given. That isn't this scripture. It isn't actually what Jesus meant at all. You know what we've done? We think about the actual cross and how he drug it for a journey to the... But when you actually translate it, Jesus was actually just talking about the cross is a place of death. When you translate it, it just translates as as a deadly place. Think about it. In one year, at this time, Anywhere, depending on who you, who you believe, anywhere from 30,000 to 60,000, 40,000 people would die in here at this age on a cross. So when he spoke to the disciples and the people around, and he looked at them and said, you've got to bear this cross. He was actually saying, you've got to be okay with loss so that you can gain. Now I know many of you have heard this scripture preached over and over and over again. And you've looked at it and you've studied it and you said, I can't do it. I can't give up everything. See, see here's the thing. When we, we don't give up everything, we don't go all the way. And see, here's the thing. The enemy is telling everyone right now in society, man, if you lose, if you get rid of, if you don't look inward, if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't, you're not really living. So let's talk about loss, because loss actually brings life. And we as Christians, y'all, come on now, you should be saying amen, because when His Spirit comes in, many of you, I have seen you, walked with you, journeyed with you, and you are experiencing an abundant life that's different than what the world is saying life is. So here's the deal, no matter what, and this is going to ruffle your feathers a little Jesus has for you, you lose yourself. But if you don't lose yourself, you're still going to lose. But what do you mean? Is it okay to step on your toes just for today and you can go home and say it's just the pastor? Right? You lose your virginity. You didn't know I was going to go there, right? You lose your innocence. You jump on a computer and do little things you shouldn't. And you step further into and you lose yourself. You go to work and you say, About so and so, you lose. You think about who you are and how it's just not adding up, you lose. You lose someone in actuality and you decide to step away from because how could God you lose? You have a child with a disability and you say, that just can't be, and so I'm gonna, and so you lose. Church, you lose either way on one side you, you lose that inward desire to see the self on the other side you lose who you were created to be in christ so there's loss no matter what all right so you all are to be honest do you like to be deprived of things no. no okay i'm just the king of that. i don't like to be deprived of things I have learned over the years that, and I'm still learning, I'm not there yet, but like certain things have to come before certain things. But you know what society does? It says everything can come before the, because we have credit cards and we have ways and we have means, and you just pile it up. Thankfully, my wife doesn't believe in that. But, but here's the thing. It's okay to be deprived of game. It's a different kind of like thought on this. See, I think one of the hardest things right now, if you really look around, like everywhere, it's just saying, hey, you could. Hey, you should. Hey, what about this? Have you checked it out? Have you looked? It's amazing. I'm just going to be honest with you. I've Googled things over the last three years, I can't believe it, that had to do with this building. So I would go in and Google chairs, right? Do you know how many months When I pulled up my email, chairs came into my email until like every time I said, I did a little X, do you ever do that for Google? And you say, not interested, and then for some reason the next day, it's like you're still not interested, you know what I'm saying? You pull it back up, this is no lie, it keeps happening. Coffee stuff, isn't it? My email, I'm like, I haven't purchased coffee stuff now in months, but because I did for months, do you know what I'm saying? Like it just keeps coming up. And it's just telling me that I should, that I should, that I should. Google a, a pair of shoes. They're going to make sure somehow, some way, your mind is reminded of that pair of shoes for months and months and months. And usually, they're reminding you of what you don't have. Making you think you need it. Even when it's over and over. And you know what it does a lot of times? You think, well, maybe I do need this particular instead of this particular I mean, it's simple. And the enemy is God taken care of. And the problem is, is that when we don't allow ourselves to be deprived of the self, we are depriving ourselves of a reward that's fulfilling, that's beautiful. And so the key is, we lose no matter what. And I guess that you're going to realize the next, Two points are all the same. I just wrote them differently. Are you ready for this? Don't you like repetition over and over and over again? Yes. Amen. The Bible is repetition. It's about the same thing over and over and over again. So you lose no matter your chosen way. You choose the way. God's there no matter what. His love doesn't change no matter what. and He's there waiting for you. And so what way are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to See, the problem is, when we choose self, we're never gonna be content with our church, with our family, with our kids, with our friends, with our stuff, with our house, with our It's always gonna be, what have you done for me lately? Now let me tell you something on a side note. I didn't say this in the first service, I'm gonna give you a treat. You want a treat? You don't love treats. Okay, I like treats. Anyway, I'm gonna go finish our last piece of apple pie that is then we're done. I might not even know I'm sick of those. Anyway. Um i have been that like crazy. I'm losing my mind and my gut. So anyway, um, I will tell you this much. When I retire, the one thing I am not going to do, because I'm going to do all kinds of I'm going to be like Daryl and Terry and Amy and all that that just live here all week, should have a cop here. I'm going to do that too. But the one thing I'm not going to worry about, just be real, what I've done for you lately. Because I'm convicted, aren't I, week in and week out of what I haven't done. And then I think about, well, I was there when you're, I was there when, you know, the Coxes lost the kid this week. But I was there when your kid, and so now it's their season, and I can't be everywhere. And you know what? When I retire, I write that off and say, God, that's yours. Because I struggle with it every day, don't I? And it actually sets me off once a week. But here's the thing, church, we all do it. Your boss has done it to you. Your spouse has done it to you. Your parents have done it to you. Your loved ones have done it to you. And it hurts. But, but, it doesn't hurt so much when we, when we step away from the self. Because we recognize then that it's all. And so, you have to be willing to lose something to gain. So let's go to the next one. Whoa. Oh, y'all. Whew. I mean, I should have you sit right here and look at that. And when I move that, you could push the button like on the sidekick. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be that. I'll let Mary do it from the piano. Um, she was killing that piano today. But number two, think about this. The cost requires us to forget. Y'all ever forget something? Gracious sakes! Do you know what? I forget my keys every day? It has now become a trend. I call it COVID brain. Times too. What is that square? I didn't do well in math, but square. You get it twice. You just forget everything. I leave them everywhere, and I never remember. I only really panicked when I lost that because everything's there, and so um, I really panicked over that. I don't really care about the keys because I was like a church man. You know what I mean? I did not lose that for real twice. Just once. It was just on the phone. But for three days, I panicked. So. Think about this. Uh, We all forget, right? I want you to think about this statement. It's really important. Forgetting oneself is never given the opportunity to come to fruition when we decide to stop halfway. Think about that. Forgetting oneself is never given the opportunity to come to fruition when we decide to stop halfway. Think about this statement. We never lose sight of ourselves, therefore we lose sight of our true selves. You ever hear somebody say, I'm just losing myself. Or I think I I lost myself. Have you ever heard someone say, I made this move, but like, I feel like I'm not, I'm not even present. I'm not even there. I think probably all of us could say, we've been in that place. Things changed, and we felt like we lost everything, including who we are. We never lose sight of ourselves. Therefore, we lose sight of ourselves. Because church, I believe this, and I'm believing it more every day. And it's hard. It's hard for a younger to think that, like, we lose the game. That doesn't make any sense, because we've been taught to, like, game, game, game. We've not really been taught to lose the game. But but the bottom line is if we don't lose, we actually lose sight of our created purpose. And therefore, we actually lose our true selves. We talked about this in Sunday School today, but the bottom line is, is that the enemy isn't after much in our society right now. I believe The enemy is after Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. Because he doesn't have to go after anything else if he goes after that. So that you come to church on Sunday and you say, I don't know who I am. Gracious sakes, I know who you are. Even if I don't know you, I know who you are. You're a created being by the Creator who knit and formed and sat and worked and saw and sees and like has purpose that you'll never find anywhere else. One of our greatest challenges as parents is that we want our kids to see who they are in Christ. We're not so concerned, we're not the parents running around, you gotta be a, and that's probably like, not good. But I'll tell you, there are moments that I, I walk around, and this week was one of them, and I look at the way our little twins care for the chickens. I know this is crazy. But like they go over and they coo them and they hold on to them and they pet them and kiss them. And like yesterday we went somewhere and Hazel leaned in and like this little kitten. And just like, I mean she was just like all in her face and just, and I thought to myself, something in them is gentle. And so if I don't do anything else and they're not a star this or a star that, most of us aren't, let's just be real, right? If they had the capacity to do that to people, then do what you want, babies. I'll love you. Go be what you want. Society now says, well, just, you know, if if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're just, no, if you want to do that, go be it and be it well." And so what happens is when we don't lose ourselves, we lose ourselves. And I think that God, if He's created us, as Genesis one and two tells us, and in His image, in His likeness, we, we like to confuse that. You know what the enemy's done? This is how he we look. No, it's about the characteristics of God. The first time Jesus was in human form was when He came into who? Mary. When we look at image, we're looking at like the characteristics, the qualities, the capacities. We have the capacity to love, to share grace, to have compassion. Stop and, like, was I mean, he had to look like it was exact being. And, oh, you know, I'll look further. He gave you the capacity to grab a chicken and to look at a cat and just... The problem is many of you aren't even that gentle with yourselves. so why does the enemy want to get in Genesis 1 and 2? Because he wants to get at the core of who you are. And rip that apart and say that can't be true. Why would God, the Creator, think about you and create you in a way that could have capacities that God has? This came from a missionary, many of you all know him, William Borden. Um, actually, I know he was like a millionaire. He was a millionaire, and uh, his, well, his parents were millionaires. and family money, isn't that great? Like millionaire family money that gets passed on to y'all. Have any like passed on millionaires? Okay. Anyway, I think so. That's all right. You know, we got a lot more than that. The thing about this, uh, he went on a world trip. His parents decided to send him on a world trip, go around the world and really see, and not like see the sights they wanted him to go and like see how people are actually living and the struggles that are around the world. And So they sent him on this world trip, he came back completely changed. His walk with Christ was completely different. If you get a chance to read about him, he completely changes his mindset about who he was and who he was in Christ and everything changes. He decides to become a missionary, he goes to Yale, he changes his college campus, hundreds of students, change because of him, and then he goes on a trip at 25 to begin studying, getting ready to go minister to Muslims in China, and he gets spinal meningitis, and he dies. Here's what's crazy about this, and as I was reading this week, I thought, man, think about when he passed away. He was fully embracing everything God had for him. It was like what God had just fully embodied And he was going after it, and then it stopped. Well, it didn't stop, because all the money he was gonna spend in that it got multiplied, and people began to give, and there was foundations, and millions came to know Christ in that area of the world because of his work that continues to go on. A work that didn't even start. But you know what started? A heart. And his family and his friends couldn't get away from the heart and how the heart had changed. And I say that because, gracious, um, I'm going to try. No reserves. Now, you know, we say, no shoes, no shoes, no problem, right? That's not true. Um, anyway, but that's what we say. Here's what he said. No reserves, no retreat, and no regrets. And that was directly related to his walk with the Lord. So hone in on the second one. No retreat. Meaning he was all in, he was giving up everything he was given to go forth. Everything he knew to go forth. And I think today, are you willing to give up everything you know with no reserve?
1: With no retreat?
0: With no regrets? The reason number two there is so important is that. When we think about going all the way and not stopping halfway, we can't retreat. Thought about all the stories that we hear in school and, and the times when like, people are at war and like, it only made sense in the Bible for them to retreat. And God said, no, it's time for you to, even though there's only 300 of you in there, even though there's only seven of you in there, even though, and he said, just keep going. And when he calls you to keep going, guess what he does? He is there with you. That's what's great about all of this. Only going halfway, only going halfway keeps us stuck. And Jesus was saying, here, you're going to profit everything. It's hard for us to understand everything because we don't get that. It's a huge concept, bigger than what we can probably understand. And so last point of the day, and we'll close and head home. Christianity is self abandonment. Now let's just just talk about this for a second. That word is hard abandonment. I would say that most of us in here at some point in our life have felt abandoned. And and it hurts, it's hard. There's what, 800 children in the Madison County foster care system? It's on my mind because the first service we dedicated sweet baby that went through that system is now adopted and Misty's doing a tremendous job of caring for him think about how many children and youth and adults hold on to abandonment and then it begins to dictate it begins to speak into it It begins to transform people's lives and and this is different I want you to take all of that out of your mind and I, I want you to think about what Jesus was saying here and he was saying abandon yourself so you can embrace me. Abandon yourself so you can. Abandon yourself so that you can. A statement a the theologian said about this. Freedom from the tyranny of the self. You ever feel like yourself is just like. Overwhelming and overarching and overbearing. And you don't know what to do with it. And the wings of it and the legs of it are just growing. And, and you don't know how to rip that out. Freedom from the tyranny of the self is a primary facet of Christianity. Since we are designed to worship God and serve other people, a key component of Christ's work must be to unlock us from ourselves. You know that many of us have to be unlocked from ourselves. We're what's holding us back. We cannot stretch upward and outward while shrinking inward. We have a lot of elders here in this church, a lot of seniors. And I've been pretty impressed, to be honest with you. They're a challenge to me, in a good way. Because their capacity keeps growing for grace and mercy. Their capacity keeps growing to see the kingdom come. Can I say something hard? I've been amazed at when you're going forward in Christ, The actual age group, and if you're in this age group, I still love you. But you know, when you get to like the height of your career, and like you're getting to that place where you're looking at retirement, you know a lot of things, you've been around a lot, and you're just, you know, you're hiding your earning and and all of that, you know, that can be the hardest population in the church. And honestly, our retirees here, man, they're on fire. They're here, they're present. They're like, Pastor, this is hard but I want to go with you because it's going towards more of him and less of me. I talked to one this week and she greets at the door and during the week for clothing closet and stuff and she was I honestly hardly remember what I did for a living and she said that's great because it makes me more open for what he's doing now. It makes me more open so that I can just say alright let's do it. Alright I'm willing to learn. Alright let's try it all right that is what jesus was talking about growing in self-abandonment i'm not playing our jobs or anything like that but man isn't our main job just to say here i am you may say today well that's jesus and man he calls us like pretty strong things let's just talk about one other person Paul Paul said this it is no longer I can you say that? it is no longer I who lives and I believe Paul is like one of the greatest I read it a lot study it a lot look at it a lot So, this is your challenge for today. Please, team, if you want to come back. You got to get determined. I believe in determination. I believe when we're determined, we can succeed, we can move, we can see. When we're determined to step into the ways of Christ, the other things just disappear. So, today, are you determined to stick? To the chosen path. That God has for you. Are you ready to really deny. Here's the thing. I, I hate to blow up all that many of us have thought over the years. But carrying your cross. Is not the situations. Or burdens of life. That, that's part of the journey. That's part of the way God speaks. And moves and, and encourages. But Jesus here was just saying. I need you to. Abandon yourself. Abandon yourself. And why would he want so much? Because he knows so much. He knows. He knows where that takes us. He knows the journey it takes us on. He knows the hardship. Because the bottom line is if we're not gaining from him, all we're doing is losing. We're losing friendships. I mean, we already talked about it. And so now thinking about this maybe a little bit differently than you normally would the question isn't who is gonna let me be all in the question is I don't know. I don't think the question is who is going to stop me so are you gonna stop you is your family gonna stop you is your situation gonna stop you something stops us from going all in. Here's the thing. When we go all in, we can just raise our hands and just gain, receive, hear, be strengthened. Most of us know what it means to rely on self, right? But there's something to releasing the self. So the question today isn't who is going to let me. It's who's going to stop me from denying, abandoning, letting go. It might be you, might be somebody else. Or let me throw something else out. You may be all in. Because I believe many of you today, you're all in. see this again, remind me of those moments, those times, when like, I'm on the verge of... Truly I say to you, there is some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So unfortunately, death is coming you can either decide now that it's time for death to happen now or it's going to come out of the blue. And you know what the enemy loves? When it comes out of the blue. That's his desire for you. Not Genesis 1 and 2. So those of you who are excited to quote me, just bear with me. I want to just say this. Chapter 2, there's three translations throughout. God is actually building... On the understanding of the word, and so it starts with one translation. You added more, and then there's the third component of it in Genesis chapter two, and it's Jehovah God, and that—that that is considered, I believe, one of the prettiest translations. It's the God that deals with His people. It's the God that says, I'm concerned about you. You know, it starts out with God, creator, Lord, king, majesty. And then in chapter two, as he begins to describe this creative order and how he created man, he goes on to say, I have a desire to deal with you as Jehovah God. And so as the song says, Jehovah Jireh, it starts out by saying, You could never be more loved. I already love you. And so that's the God that's calling you to deny yourself. Don't you trust that more than what's drawing you to the... And so today, who are you listening to? Who are you going to trust? Where are you going to head? Kind of last week, we used this as an altar. We have a seat. If you can... This isn't about judgment. It isn't about who's next to you. It's about you just coming before Christ and saying, I'm ready. Nothing's stopping me.
2: So you can use this. You can use your chair. But I encourage you to just
0: reflect on the words and reflect on what the Lord is speaking to you this morning.